0: Good morning and welcome to the Self-Agency podcast, episode number five. Hello.
1: I'm
0: An- I'm Anne McCrossan.
1: And I'm Simon Goff.
0: Hello. Hello. So today we thought we'd talk about um, some of the principles behind the self-agency and what we're doing with it, didn't we, Simon?
1: Yes. Um, so there's eight up on the website. We've written eight principles, which are just our starting point, The the kind of, the parameters of, of the project. Um, and it's worth just talking about these. And we're going to do it over the course of two podcasts. So today we're going to talk about the first four of those. So by the way, if you want to have a look at these online, um, it's the agency uh, slash principles. Um, but we'll just go through these. And then afterwards, we just want to talk a little bit about Uh, something that we want to do later this week on Friday, Um, but let's um, kick off with the first of the principles, which is um, context. Do you want to start on that?
0: Yes, okay, so one of the things which is at the root of any kind of change, which is what The self-agency is about really, is I I think this thought that we're all grappling with quite a lot of change in the way we've done things and, and what is now happening to us as individuals in the world of work and beyond is is ch- you know change happens at a molecular level so context and the providing of new spaces and opportunities to escape from how we've done things and to discover and explore new ways of doing it we've put that as the first principle of self agency is that almost permission to give oneself the opportunity to create a new context
1: yep. And there's something actually in there, which I was just thinking of while you were talking about that, which is um, how much time and effort uh, people spend on things like uh, how to redesign offices for the future and how to, you know, the, the discussions between open plan and cubicles and uh, and all these kinds of things. And actually, it's a very limited um, view of the context in which people work and and, and kind of how they how they behave in places, um, compared to actually maybe where people want to be or what would actually provide people with a genuinely new view um, and you know, background to what they're doing, a kind of inspiring place to be. Um, and so you know even though we have to talk about these things a lot of the time in the context of offices and spaces people work in, um, there's a huge amount to be said for how a complete change of context completely reinvigorates people.
0: Yeah. And so that's kind of why we've thought about spending time in Barcelona because it's a different, you know, when you go somewhere, you travel, you've already made a commitment in a way to look at something through a new lens. And just before this podcast, just before we started doing this podcast, I was thinking about the, you know, the original merchant classes because the original merchant classes were um, the people that broke away from serfdom, servitude, they travelled and they were able to find new riches as a result of that travel. And I think we're in a, something of a parallel time, actually, where the independent, digitally enabled agent has the ability to take their experiences and put them into new contexts in an unfettered way. Um, and that's what we really want to promote with the self-agency is this, is this new sense almost of a merchant class using the new tools that we have.
1: And maybe that's, um, that's a, a perfect way to counteract the increasingly narrow focus of digital, isn't it? I mean, you know, the more that we, the more, it, we've got to the point now where people are more and more just actually looking at their phones and the entire kind of digital universe becomes something which is just on a small screen. And I think maybe mm. there needs to be this balance where everything else around us has to kind of take place on the larger scale.
0: And that sort of brings us quite nicely to the second principle, um, for me anyway, uh, this one that we've focused on about experience, because as, when, as we are you know, looking at our phones however many times it is a day, many, I think, you know, truthfully, if we think about how many times we check into whatever notification we've had, it, it makes it quite difficult to have um, an experience of being immersed in such a way that it lets us get below the surface of things and all of the mindful practice that has been talked about is a counterpoint to that. Um, But to be able to have a a space in which we can, as individuals, get below the surface considerations into a deeper sense of experience is is very much part of what we think fosters self-agency, isn't it, Simon?
1: Yes, absolutely. Um, I think I think that kind of immersion is something that I've particularly um, picked up with the, the kind of the sort of unschooling approach that, that we have here, which is very much that, um, you know, th- people, when they really are kind of left the freedom to explore the things that they want to do, it's quite interesting how much, um, I mean, I'm talking about children in particular, but how much it works for them to explore things very deeply for short periods of time, to obsess. Um, to kind of throw themselves into things, um, and then maybe abandon it and move on to the next thing. But actually, that's that's a way of working which seems quite natural for people, but isn't necessarily the way of working or living that um, is the kind of predominant me- uh, means of it happening. You know, if you think about mm-hmm. everything from school up to the workplace, we're encouraged to structure things. You have to do a certain amount of this, a certain amount of something else, um, in order to, I suppose what is perceived as have a balance in what you're doing. But actually, that doesn't seem to be a very natural way of operating. You know, we actually really like to obsess. We like to spend weeks deeply into something, but we don't often get the opportunity to do it. So trying to bring back some of that opportunity for depth and exploration seems to be uh, a good principle to have.
0: Yeah, Uh, and it's always interesting, you know, the whole idea of formative experiences, which do come out of that next level of understanding and engagement and, and being able to be infused with alternative influences you know that's another part of it there's a very monolithic experience that we have when we're kind of work 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 um and and I'm very minded of this uh, having been a tourist over the last weekend you know going to somewhere uh, like Rome as I did taking photographs of the most to a, a native you know, things that they take for granted, that street sign isn't something that they would stop and take a picture of because they walk past it every day. Mm. And so in a way, they forget that it exists or it has any kind of relevance or meaning or, you know, any creative appeal uh, and potential. And part of the, I think the challenge, um, and a lot of people are talking about this now, of, of this world that we're in is not switching off that creative insight and not switching off the opportunity to keep it alive through new experiences.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that brings us on to um, number three. are talking about the principles, <laughs> which is, you mentioned the word creative, and, and principle three is, is around creation, um, but not um, some kind of vague notion of... Uh, if, you, if you read any of the kind of... A lot of the stuff that gets posted on, on, on Twitter and various different social media platforms is very much about creativity as an abstract concept um, this idea that you know how to foster creativity how to how to build on your creativity, but creativity isn't really um that much of an abstract thing. The, you know what we've put here as a principle around creation is something entirely about the physical aspect of doing things, of making things, uh, of creativity as a hands-on exploration of the things that you want to do, um, and moving away from that abstract concept of it. Um, so I think you know creation. Actually, creation is a good word because it's it's not creativity as in a general concept, but creation as in the making of something so that idea to explore something with our hands by actually doing it is is fundamental i think
0: absolutely there's the whole um you know area of actualization which is coming out of the maker movement that we don't touch on that much but is well understood and accepted as being part of psychological development you know if we're using technology for anything helpful in terms of the progress of humankind it's going to be that um we can actualise more of what we want to be rather than what we have to be as, as a sort of you know basic animal um, into something which is much more predetermined or, or self-determined. So so being able to uh, get involved, roll up one's sleeves, try out what it feels like to do X, Y, or Z, you know, whatever that is. Again, it's, it's the trying, the starting part is very hard, whether it's you know, life drawing or whether it's model making or whether it's coding. Not having the time and the scope and daily life to try something new, to create in that way, is kind of what we want to um, do something about with the self-agency.
1: I mean, I think there's a thing that... I, I actually, I'm reminded of the whole um, um, the Adam Smith... Um, Kind of concepts around how work was made more efficient, um, which was you know the idea that by by di- by dividing labour up and having everybody working on uh, one particular aspect, and I think in his original stuff he was writing about the production of pins. This is this is the way that he was talking yes. about it, um, and the the reason that that whole system is more efficient is because it doesn't require people to switch from one mode of operating to another mode of operating the time that's lost in the efficient kind of industrial model of, of work is in people switching between tasks because lots of tasks unless you do remarkably similar things require you to think and operate in a completely different way and i was thinking about this in sort of relation to what you were just saying because I, I was thinking last week i had to do something which was very technical um in terms of you know sort of code related stuff um, when I hadn't been doing anything like that for a, f- a few weeks, um, and I was almost procrastinating so heavily because I, the, the, <laughs> the switch in, in thinking uh, makes some of those things seem almost um, like impermeable that you can't you you can't get into it, um, and it mm-hmm. reminds you that that these ways of operating, you know, whether you're doing something physical and creative or or something which is conceptual, are very different and require an effort to get from one to the other. So like you say, it can be hard to get into those creative practices, but also once you're into them, then you start to see the world and you start to frame everything within the process or the way that you do things uh, physically. Uh, And so, you know, you're starting to completely operate in a different way, which is why you need to, you know, it's good to have the encouragement to get into that way of working because it kind of broadens the way that you do things.
0: It's another muscle, really. I mean, there's a duality, I think, in the human psyche, which is part of it is about we love things to stay the same. We love a sense of homeostasis, you know, that we don't have to keep trying new things and new muscles. And, oh, well, now I've got to go and start to think about how I use that particular app or do that particular skill you know you, you know the the kind of single well-worn trodden path means that you're not going to get lost and you're not going to go wrong but what we're really kind of grappling with is a sense of constant flows of stimulus in this connected world so to be able to have some dexterity around what skills we can bring to what particular situations you know as much broader um rounded, more developed, more deep, more deeply aware and enabled human beings using tech. For me, that's part of the fourth principle, which is about dialogue. You know, so the two way flow between us and the things that we connect with is part of that dialogue. Um, us and the skills that we can deploy at will to whatever situation you know has an opportunity and a potential in it as free agents is part of that dialogue. And obviously working in more looser networks. Not just in um, organisations which are bounded, but by um, uh, situations which have got lots and lots of different influences on them. You know, that's part of that dialogue too of being fully receptive, if you like, and fully aware to what alternative viewpoints can bring in as opportunities.
1: I think the thing I like about the whole concept of dialogue is the fact that it's ongoing. Um, yeah. And. There's, there's always a tendency to try, and, and this is a thing that is also part of the whole kind of idea of design, which is that, you know, it's, it's naive to think that things, you know, you have a problem, you solve the problem, that you have a disagreement and then you both agree on the same thing. Actually, that's, that's not how things work in the real world. And to be able to have a constant dialogue with all the, you know, the things that you're talking about, with people, with things, with situations, with scenarios, with the, the, the different things that we have to interact with, is healthy um to encourage that this is always ongoing that you know that these things don't get resolved um and so i think for me that's the powerful thing about it the the ability to as dialogue as a way or conversation as a way to cope with constant change that we don't have to say okay what does this mean how do we crystallize this thing that has happened but actually we're happy with the fact that change is constant and we're happy to take that as a dialogue and a conversation and actually, Absolutely. Well, i was just going to say, actually, dialogue um, brings us um, quite neatly on to the, the second bit of what we wanted to talk about in the podcast, which was an ongoing dialogue <laughs> starting on Friday. <laughs> <laughs> Do you see? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I see it came from nowhere, that one. Um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, I mean, the, one of the things which um, brings any of this to life is us walking the talk, be it sort of, you know, improvisation on the hoof or whether that would be, connecting with people that are also interested in the subject of self-agency so as we find our way through this journey and it is a journey it's a never-ending journey that is the point you know and it's much better lived for it being that it's occurred to us that it would be um, good to have twitter chats using the hashtag self-agency with anybody that wants to explore this subject um, and that we'll try and have them as regularly as we can on a friday at 10 a.m british british standard time Um, And it will be on the Self Agency at the Self Agency um, Twitter feed as to, you know, what's coming up. Um, But to to say to anyone listening to this podcast, you are very welcome to join us for um, the first one. We'll see how it goes uh, this Friday, the 5th of February at 10 a.m. And we'll run it for an hour and we'll have uh, three questions just as sort of starting subjects, really, for conversation.
1: Um, and so the three questions are uh, what does self-agency mean to you, which uh, seems to be a good open starting point for the whole thing. Um, what are you looking for in your working life and what skills do you think matter most in the future? Um, so very much a kind of starting exploration um, just to see who wants to get involved and uh, yeah, what kind of uh, dialogue we can start.
0: There's a sense of um, I think that in the Twitter chat the sense of us all taking uh, ownership of that that agency uh, we can do that as a network um, on something like a Twitter chat and build that sense of um, I mean I hope a uh, sense of of capability interesting when you know all the platforms change, change their settings or people say oh we don't know if Twitter's around for much longer uh, or what will happen to it. How, how do we rise above all of those things, I think, is at the heart of the podcast, is how do we feel that we have agency beyond whatever network we happen to be subscribed to? So I do hope you'll join us for that.
1: And um, I think that's probably a good place to end our podcast for number five. So um, thank you very much. And, thank um, you, yes. Goodbye.
0: Till the next one. Bye.
1: Bye.